The year is 2001. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is my marvelous variant cover. Welcome to Mock and Marvelous Year, the comic book reading club where we go through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. Today we're doing a variant cover episode uh, at the end of 2001, so we're going to kind of have a grab bag discussion of a few different things, a few different segments. Um, I am joined today by a very special guest. He is a writer, he's an editor, he's a podcaster, he's a YouTuber, he's a thought leader in his community, he's a fashion designer. (laughs) What can't this man do? I think there's a reason why people in the community call him the comic book Kanye West. Uh, welcome to the show. Oh, it, sorry, oh, sorry. Low blow. Sorry, low so blow. so nice. I know, I know. I'm it sorry. was so sweet mm-hmm. until then. I, I take it back. I take it back immediately. <laughs> welcome, Dave Busing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today on... And I don't know if you did this intentionally, but there was a hard emphasis on my marvelous year when you did the intro there i don't know if that's like your subconscious <laughs> leeching through or if you're thinking about that but oh that, i almost jumped right in welcome we, to we barely made it two words into marvelous that intro. year <laughs> yeah that took a that took a lot of patience <laughs> to sit through and let you finish um no I'm, I'm happy to be here i do appreciate being called a thought leader i think that's fair i think that's honest and i think that's true mm-hmm. um I, I'm, you know i'm not really kidding about I, that i think i think you what, your thoughts, you know, are uh, valued just about oh, I appreciate what's going that. on. That's you nice. Know, on, on I mean, Twitter I've been doing Comic Carol for yeah. quite some time. And uh, I've de- well, it, so when I did my interview with uh, with Paul Jenkins, mm-hmm. which we'll have up on the My Marvelous Year feed here in a bit. By the way, <laughs> Paul Jenkins, really nice guy. Uh, we had a nice chat about Marvel Night stuff. Super willing to talk to it. Really appreciate that. Real into NFTs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the last like 10 minutes of the conversation are kind of me just feeling out like okay he's clearly really excited about this you know like i'll give him a window because because i don't i know people have like real strong online opinions about nfts you know and in that whole world uh i'll be honest i don't know that much about it you know what i mean so like i'm i picked up that i yeah honestly like i i know that there's the thing here are the things that i know Mm -hmm. okay one i don't like what I've seen reported about the impact on the environment, okay, with crypto and NFTs and all that. That gives me extreme pause. Two, I don't like what I've seen reported and just the vibes I get around the scamminess and the griftiness of it all. Oh, yeah. So it, and the, people losing money. So those sure. two things yeah. alone, I'm like, okay. And then and then just the general premise of like NFT specifically where it's like, hey, you get to own this exclusive thing that no one else can well, <laughs> see and it's a you don't own It's the, like, well, that sounds yeah. lame. <laughs> like, that sounds real lame. So... Paul actually had some honest, seemingly uh, thoughts around that. And he was basically like, yeah, it does sound dumb. So anyway, I'm going to leave it in the episode because I was kind of even just like, do I even, you know, I can always cut this if it's just some guy like hucking BS. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't I don't want to 
Joe Rogan us out here, yeah, right? Yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. like terrible misinformation. But I feel like he was pretty thoughtful about it. So anyway, <laughs> that's to come. <laughs> I did. I did just uh, go to his Twitter real quick and, and not didn't have to scroll very far before I found another interview uh, with him that says he tells me why he believes that NFTs are the future of storytelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like you can tell from the way he's talking about it. Because like, cause here's the thing about Paul Jenkins that I think a lot of people wouldn't know, and we talk about this a little bit, is like he's really on top of emerging technologies. Mm-hmm. Like the guy, and this was pointed out. So this was pointed out by a member of our Slack community, which if you back my marvelous year over at Patreon.com/slash/MyMarvelousYear, uh, one of the bonuses you can get at one of the tiers is the Slack community, which is the coolest comics online community in the world. Um, and one of the recommended questions they sent me was, I know I'm from Georgia, and I saw that Paul Jenkins was like, you know, he led a council on emerging technologies in the state of Georgia, <laughs> which is fascinating. I was like, what? Because mm-hmm. yeah. um, I, I thought he was British. He is. He's British, but he's he's immigrated uh, to the U.S. He's lived in the U.S. for a long time, um, and he, apparently in Georgia. And anyway, so the guy the guy has knowledge. The guy has bona fides when it comes to this stuff, and he's like, he's interested. Um, so anyway, I, that's not why I started telling that story, but it was kind of like, you know, it was one of those things where all of a sudden the interview's going that direction, and I'm like, well, I'm not. I'm not buttoned up for this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't. Well, you didn't do your prep for, you know, I did not. <laughs> Web 3. In reading yeah. every, yeah, in reading every Paul Jenkins comic that has ever come out, <laughs> I did not also study. If, if you or <laughs> any of our listeners are curious about getting, like, a really comprehensive overview, an entertaining one, uh, there's a YouTube video from Folding Ideas, Line Goes Up, which is basically, it's like a two-hour documentary, but it's very watchable. It's very uh, interesting. Two hours? Yeah, yeah. It's like a two-hour essay. <laughs> but it will okay. I mean, it will be like, here's the history of, you know, it, it covers the industry of it, the whole scam of it, the actual technology of it, like the, the real potential, what it could do if it was not already a poison pill it, that has been yeah. you know, bespoiled by uh, finance. and. Well, that was, that was kind of Paul's thing was like, it was bad. It was approached wrong. Here's why I think it could be cool. It's um, too late. <laughs> which I found more interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's kind of my the sense I got. But I was like, okay, like, I, at least I'll hear that out. Um, what, DC, was the, what was the name of the essay there? Line goes up. Like, you know. Line goes up. Kind of like stock market stuff. Um, the uh, DC is really doubling, not doubling down. They're just continuing the NFT thing in a surprising way. Like, I get the weekly updates for DC Universe Infinite, and at the bottom, they're always like, and this week, we're releasing these covers on our NFT marketplace. Yeah. I'm like, I'm always surprised, because yeah. most, most companies have realized that, uh, you know, they've been kind of like, I don't know, scammed is the word, but bamboozled into, like, buying something that's just going to hurt their public perception. Um, yeah, anyway. Well, I told you about, I had a, I can't remember their name now, but it was like a new comics... Jeez, I can't even think what they are. Matt Kent. Um Oh no, it was Zestworld. Uh, mm. They do like online comics and digital streaming, and uh, they reached out at one point about advertising on CBH. And so I was looking at because I had seen they announced like, well, we have a big NFT component of our, you know, our new online platform and all that. So I was kind of looking into like, okay, what does that actually mean, and where has that gone? And the reaction to them announcing that online was so negative that they like pulled back immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that they like that like basically like it's still there technically because obviously they put in the infrastructure but it was like we're not in any way advertising around that um so yeah i mean it's got it's got real bad vibes in the comics community um sort of like this you know i am zach i we haven't talked about this but i'm <laughs> for sure you're gonna you. say sort of like this podcast <laughs> 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 
It's got really bad vibes in the comic book community. That's, well, that is where this started, is with me as a thought leader and all the bad vibes I've generated mm-hmm. over yeah. <laughs> about a decade now. Uh, no, what I was going to say is, speaking of emerging technologies, I am going to replace you with Zach GPT. Um, I think starting next episode. God, I, I do think an artificial intelligence probably could say... Actually, you know what's funny? No AI. No AI could replicate the oddities <laughs> of your opinions. Mm-hmm. It is impossible because they would seek out a consensus online. They could replicate me probably more easily because they could seek out what do people think online, right? And mm-hmm. they'd, find th- they'd yeah. steal from CBH and they'd find all my thoughts, right? And they'd, they'd take those and they'd sound okay. Um, but with you, they'd be like, Dr. Doom is not very good. And it would be like that, on, that opinion that does not exist like, online. That was from like 62 to 68. I've come around on Dr. Doom. I still get razzed on that. <laughs> Listen, when you're wrong for that long, it sticks. Oh it God. lingers. You know? He's not that good. It this lingers. How <laughs> dare you. Yeah. How dare you. Uh, I have been playing with ChatGPT a lot. I have a lot of thoughts. I know. It's kind of fun. I don't really need to yeah. focus on that. <laughs> I know. <clears throat> yeah, it's a... Uh, you, you know what, like, it, it's mostly kind of a fun, you know, it's a way to kill 15 minutes and, like, goof around, see what it can do. Um, like, I had it write some Spider-Man comics for me, which was kind of fun. And you can tell, oh, like, it feels... how'd it, that work? It worked fine. I mean, it, it writes the most, like, purely platonic ideal of, like, the most boring Spider-Man comic. Like, But it will be, like, panel one, yeah. shot of the New York City sky, skyline. Panel two, Spider-Man swings through on his webs panel three a shot of robbers saying we got to get out of here with these jewels <laughs> you know? yeah yeah and like right um and it won't do more than like a page um I, the thing i've actually found chat chat gpt useful for is technical writing uh it, it i started messing around with it to do like technical writing for like work protocols and stuff yeah um for stuff that's like very reproducible, but like to have it churn out the like the, a ten point bullet list of something, and then I go through and edit it to like oh, yeah, my yeah. needs. I'm like, yep. man, this actually does sit because I'm not. It's not the most natural thing for me to uh, do technical writing, but I can edit it really easily to our like yeah specifics. So I haven't done it at work, but it's something uh you know that the potential is there. I can um, see that. I think anything yeah anything where you're like I'm gonna use this as a kickstart. And then I'm going to edit it. I feel like there's actually a lot of usefulness potentially there. So I actually did that with a YouTube script um, for where to start with DC Comics. Yeah. Because one thing that always holds me up on making videos of like my more popular beginner guides is like, I'm like, I don't want to write a summary of this thing again. Mm, you know, mm-hmm, I've done this sure. 600 times. Yeah. Um, so I can just be like, tell me about Tom King's Mr. Miracle and Mitch Gerard's, right? And they'll write it. And all of the qualitative analysis is at first it seems at first it seems really impressive because they're like mitch gerard's you know invokes a style of realism and dynamic page layout and it's kind of like oh yeah like they're absolutely capturing the writing style of most comics reviewers who don't have a background in art (laughs) like that's what people say these are the words they use but then what you realize when you do a handful of them is like oh they they just repeat that (laughs) and there's no specifics and they just repeat these hollow platitudes Almost as if it's an AI that writers matter. Yeah. Oh, for actual Which, like writing, I think it's pretty. You know, there's no particular value. Value. There. It is passable. I mean, I joked. I tweeted about this, and it was a joke. But I'm also kind of serious. Like, if CBR wanted to replace all their lists with ChatGPT, it is doable. Like, it is. They could do their 15 lists. You know, the list of 15 things mm-hmm. via ChatGPT, and like, and save a boatload of money. And uh, it, listen, I'm not advocating that. I think that sucks. Um, 
and the writing would be really bad. Like the list would be garbage. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. they'd be publishable. I mean, I I come across those articles where like I'm looking for information on, oh, did, is this show did this show get renewed for a second season or something? And I click on it and I'm like, oh, an AI wrote this. Like I'm already finding that all over the place. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I find those articles every day or two. Like I accidentally stumble across an article by some cheap website that's just churning out chat produ- or AI produced stuff. So yeah, I mean, it also it gets facts wrong a lot still. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's like the other yes. thing. It just gets. Uh, but to your point, it does feel like very much like a high schooler, like a very competent, like ninth or tenth grader. Um, but it like, but its analysis often is very like the Great Gatsby is a very good and a very sad book. Like it is about America and capitalism, and it's not being... that bad though. No, no, I, no. I, I know, it, I know, it's not the simplicity like, of it. Yeah, no, that that's true. But like, its analysis doesn't go particularly much deeper than that. I think. You know, it kind of it, just it, regurgitates. It, the, it, the as you go, average. it rings very hollow. I, yeah. I agree. Um, Did you so, see? yeah, anyway, the reason I dove into it was just to see, like, how, how at risk is CBH, essentially, was my general thinking here in yeah, terms okay. of, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if somebody types in, like, because, you know, I could see another site that is all about the money and the volume just being like, oh, I can just type in a character name in a reading order, and I'll just print that. And it would just right? scrub it from your website. And then create. Well, yeah. I mean, partially, yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah for sure. You know, and like I did, uh, I did like, okay, what comic should I read before Ant Man Quantumania? And it gave me five. Four of the five were pretty reasonable suggestions with decent write up. The fifth was made up, <laughs> it was not a real comic. <laughs> um, you know, That's so great. it's like, okay, close. Uh, but if you edited that, you could have 800 words in half the time. You know, but but as far as the reading orders go, it was like, oh, these aren't these are bad. <laughs> like these, you know, somebody who's using these like they they would not be a rival to me. So I was not especially worried on that front. Anyway, the the net of that that I wanted to get to was I, I actually found it oddly encouraging as a writer. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, good. I'm superior to this. <laughs> like, like, I'm definitely better than this. That's that's actually kind of encouraging. And the second thing was kind of a challenge in terms of like if you're writing something. Or if I'm editing something and I have in the back of my... It's kind of like a new test, right? It's like, could ChatGPT have done this? Because if the answer is yes, <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. Back to the drawing board. Write something human. Write something that only you could write. Yeah. Ask a question. Talk about how it made you feel. The AI can't do these things, right? So it's it's actually, I think, kind of motivating if you're a writer or a creative person. Just on that yeah, level. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but as far as podcasting goes, like, yeah, we're going to... We'll be... You'll hear our voices, but it... It'll be all AI driven. <laughs> like, oh my god! I like the second it can emulate our voices, like we're gone. I totally forgot about this. Dave, have you looked at our reviews on Apple Podcasts lately? No. Uh oh. <laughs> somebody call it. Somebody accuses us of being robots. What happened? <laughs> I entered. I asked uh, Chat GPT to write a My Marvelous Year review. <laughs> okay, that's funny. Yeah. The podcast, uh, and it. Yeah, let me just read a little sample because I put it up as an actual review for myself. My Marvelous Year is a podcast that features people who have accomplished something remarkable or transformative in their lives, as well as experts and thought leaders in various fields who offer insights and advice. The show has received praise for its inspiring stories and relatable guests, as well as its engaging and entertaining hosts. Um, Overall, My Marvelous Year is a highly recommended for anyone looking for a boost of inspiration and motivation, or for anyone who enjoys hearing stories of personal growth and transformation. (laughs) Same. That could be a review of, like, any Anything. podcast yeah exactly. <laughs> clearly they, i was really hoping they would like you know scrape some information 
about the specific show, but yeah, maybe maybe if you did a bigger show, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, I'm sure because yeah. it also the database also isn't updated after 2021, which yeah, is of course when we exploded. For... Yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's when we really took off. Yeah. Um, Dave, yeah. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. What, what was the first comic you remember reading? The first comic I remember reading. This is really hard for me, and I've talked about this. Um, so, like, there's like when I started reading comics, it was probably like the essential Iron Man, like the black and whites. Um, but I think even earlier than that in childhood, I remember reading the incredible Hulk issue where he goes to Nick Fury's funeral for some reason, like that early nineties, Peter David joint. I think the cover is like, you know, a, a, um, a hearse wrapped in an American flag, I want to say, and like a bunch of heroes around it. Um, which weirdly it's like fallout from that, like, I think still not on Marvel Unlimited Nick Fury series <laughs> that no one ever talks about, mm. but it carried over into Hulk. Some reason we had a copy of that in the house. So I remember reading that as a younger kid. Interesting. Um, anyway, long, was, long-winded answer to say I did not start reading comics. But it like stuck life. with you, which is kind of interesting. I, I think that's I remember like, having it and looking here. at it and having that experience of being like, I'm missing so many vital details but I like this world. I, w- I want to explore more. Yeah. Mm. That's cool. Um, are, are comic books one of your favorite mediums, Dave? Are comic books one of my favorite mediums? Are you talking about the greatest artistic medium in the world? Those comic mm-hmm. books? Sure. If you think that. Yeah. They sh- they sure are. They sure. I would say, as far as mediums go, mm-hmm. I would say, number one, my wife. Oh, number two. <laughs> who, who does speak to the dead on a regular basis. Speaks to the speaks to the dead on a regular basis. Has nothing to do with their clothing size. Um, number two. Oh, uh, I didn't even get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> number two, comics. Number three, video games. Number four, TV. Wait, number, music? Oh, wait, I, I skipped books. Sorry, I skipped books. Number two, comics. Wait, what about music, three, though? I know you're a big music fan. Is that... Oh, Not, that's tough. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay, two comics, three music. Okay, that, four that books. was my real question. Is basically like music or what? What do you rank higher? Music, music or, or comics? comics? You can only yeah. pick one kind of thing. No, no, but you know, like, what do you? What would? What do you value more? As your... De- here's the thing. Like Desert Island, I can bring a comic or I can bring music. I'm bringing music, mm-hmm. probably. Um, but, well, I mean, but, are you talking about you know Spotify and or a tablet with access to all comic books? No, like I'm talking like you can bring the collected edition of Watchmen or you can bring an album and something mm-hmm. to play it. I'm actually probably going the album. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I don't that's tough. I don't know. What, what would you go? Me um movies number 1. Oh, pretty easy. That was, that was my last <laughs> pick for mediums. I mean, it's pretty it's like music and then probably books music video games comics comics are the bottom for me but like you know that's, that, <laughs> that, that's not a, a yeah. that's not a negative on comic books right like yes it is no it's not really own it. right like, own it zach you dislike not... comics just own it <laughs> yeah i like i started this i i'm the one who reached out for the idea of this podcast i read tons of comics in my free time because i think they just stink <laughs> i don't like them at all yeah. um but yeah no i mean there's i mean we're also just talking about like mainstream extremely mainstream stuff you know what about paintings dave sculpture uh jazz yeah anything jazz anything thing. that artsy <laughs> i would put below below movies. it's true as as cool as it would be to say uh you know oil paintings 
I, which I do like, I, you know, we go to the museum a fair amount of uh, art museums, but no, of I, course, I of appreciate art increasingly as a comics fan. You know, like my comics <laughs> fandom does, <laughs> yeah. does grow my appreciation of art. That said, I've, I've definitely never been one who could just walk into a museum and, and get it. You know, no, I can, I, I can appreciate that experience, but it's not my thing. Oh, I did forget. Sorry. So I put comics at number five. I actually, I'm going to bump that down to number six. Number five would be Twitch streams. Um, I Twitch streams, that... hotter medium <laughs> than the entirety of comics. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, Dave, if you had to choose between, from now on, you could only read superhero comics yeah, or non-superhero comics. What are you doing? Oh, okay. I mean, that, that's not hard. No? No, it's not. Um I would, I would simply Kobayashi Maru the situation. <laughs> I thought you were, and, <laughs> I thought you were trying to find I, a creative way of saying I would simply commit Harry Carry and <laughs> die without. Yeah, I would simply walk comments. into the sea and uh, and emulate the awakening. Um, no, I I would pick non superhero comics in a heartbeat mm-hmm. right now, especially. Uh, that's not a hard thing. I mean, I've I've talked about this a lot. Um, I always always hope that I can kind of resist the cynicism and disappointment that drives folks who write about and engage with comics to to be sick of superhero comics. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. because I came to it later yeah. especially. You can always kind of, like right now, like I found, like X-Men stuff still engages me. You know what I mean? Like there's the occasional superhero book that that engages me. That is really fun. I'm definitely less into the full suite of what's going on. And I actually just heard about this on the CBH newsletter, but like, I'm way out on DC's shared universe for the the most probably I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of like, I've kind of not kept up and I just do not have tremendous interest in doing so until they, until there's some like major, like, you know, Hey, here's the direction and here's the creators behind it that I'm engaged with, you know? So anyway, long story short, I mean, it would, that would not be a hard choice for me. Interesting. It's a hard choice for well, me. Well, it's also like, like I've o- I've overindulged in superhero comics. Sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I have I'm burnt out a little bit. You know, it's like I've had pizza for seven straight days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready for something else. Yeah, yeah. I can see. I mean, you know, and it's also like superhero comics generally fulfill one taste and desire, right? Like there's one hunger for superhero comics, but non-superhero comics fulfill a thousand right there's there's so many different like itches that uh non-superhero comics can scratch and well i think i i mean if i if it was like you know, for whatever reason i can't read superhero comics i'd be missing out on tons of stuff i'd enjoy oh yeah of course you know yeah, yeah. like i'd be like if i couldn't have read catwoman lonely city last year i'm missing out on one of my favorite comics of the year you know so yeah. I'm, not, I'm not of the mindset of like well all the best comics are not superhero oh I yeah i don't no, really agree not. with that yeah, yeah. you know i think within when i make my best of lists I'm not like including superhero stuff just to like give them a nudge, <laughs> give them some visibility. It's like <laughs> yeah. I think they belong, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, people are always still doing interesting <laughs> stuff within those bounds, right? Um, what's your favorite duty uh, as running CBH? Where like, Where is this going? Is this going to build to some like some weird thing where I've just been deposed and I didn't realize it? Oh I feel God, like I'm so, tra- I'm so you sorry. have to For- disclose. No, I forgot to tell you that uh, this episode of the Varying Cover is just an interview with Dave Busing. Um, am I getting fired for, for your own GPT at the end of this? Writer, editor, podcaster, YouTuber, thought leader in his community, fashion designer, Dave Busing is here with me on the show. Uh, this is your GPT, your grand podcasting takeover. <laughs> no, I'm just, inter- I'm just interviewing Dave. What's wrong with that? Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, no. No introduction to the segment. We're just. <laughs> I, for, I, I I did ask before if you want me to tell you before we started recording, and you're like, ah, just hit me with it. So I'm just. No, watching. that's fine. But now we're like four questions deep, and I'm like, yeah. what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's your favorite duty in running Comic Book Herald? So you, I, I, what I have here, you know, you read comics, you write about comics, you run your social media, you do YouTube, you do podcasts, you edit other people's writing, you recruit other writers. But what's your what's your favorite one thing that you have to do as the most enjoyable or satisfying thing. Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, that's a good one. I think, I mean, these Sunday podcasts are up there, actually, as a thing that isn't too hard. You get to come in and chat with you and Charlotte. It's always really fun. Oh, God, Charlotte. We forgot about Charlotte. <laughs> oh, what? Where is Charlotte? Is she here? We should have given her a chance to speak. Good grief. Uh, yeah, Charlotte couldn't make it today. Yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is too bad. Uh, no, like that's that's really because like, I don't I don't have a lot of outlets um, to talk comics with folks who get it and and want to talk about it in this way, you know. So like that's it's. I've always said like if you don't have friends, start mm-hmm. a business, <laughs> <laughs> start a podcast, and then um, uh, or. Email somebody who has a business and say, "Hey, do you want to start a podcast?" <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so no, that's that's always super enjoyable. I mean, the the kind of potential homework feel of catching up with the comics, you know, holds that back. I think as part of the MMY club. Yeah, like self, read, reading the comics versus wound. talking about them. Like talking about them is often very enjoyable. Reading them is you know something I have to fit in to my schedule, which I yeah. I, I enjoy them. You know, reading them often, most of the time. But uh, yes, it is more of a you know, it's more of a task to fit in. I mean, I would say probably right now, my favorite thing to do still, I don't know if I can, I would say writing. I would say the actual experience of like having a good idea, being excited about it and really pursuing it. Um, but it's probably the thing I also do kind of the least hmm. just cause I'm so busy doing all the other things. Um, but I don't, that's a really good question. I don't know. I really like doing the YouTube live streams actually as well. Yeah, those tend to be really fun. There's a good community on the CBH YouTube channel. Are you starting um, to recognize people on that? Like, do you, oh, do you yeah, recognize regulars sure. on your YouTube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a handful of regulars um, that that keep the things moving. But I don't know. That's kind of an area where I can just like, obviously, literally do whatever I want. Um, you ever question. watch? You ever watch question. Fantano? Anthony Fantano, Needle Drop? Uh, no, you you've mentioned it, but I don't I don't know who that is. He's a he's a music reviewer. He's pretty popular, but. Uh, I've been watching a bunch of his stuff again lately and like I've been thinking about the comic book Herald thing because I think he he also has he's just a really well-spoken music critic so he can just sit and kind of chat off the cuff about uh-huh. music or whatever topic he's presented and I've been thinking about like I gotta tell Dave like check out this channel and see if he can get me inspiration for his YouTube channel because I think like you're good enough at being able to just kind of like create content off the top of your dome uh, without like that much prep uh, that I I think like there's some stuff you you know they might find valuable as inspiration on there. Yeah, no, I can um, check it out. Yeah, like he does out. he um, does a weekly. I think it's weekly. I'm not sure actually how often he does it, but he does a a video called Let's Argue where he just takes like a Twitter. He asks people to throw hot takes <laughs> at him about music, and then he yeah. for ten minutes just addresses you know eight ten of them and just kind of off off the top of his head just says you know reads one and then argues with it or agrees with it and uh, gives his opinions. And I kind of think you'd yeah. be very good at something like that too. Yeah, that could be fun. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, that could be fun. I mean, definitely one thing that I'm more interested in doing on YouTube this year is just calling out a lot of the BS that is on YouTube. 
you know? <laughs> yeah. Becoming and like one these of channels. Because that's the won't... thing is like, I'm not big by any means, but like I know the channels that I might have some overlap with just in terms of we talk about the same comics or whatever. And some of these channels that are just absolute garbage um, in the way that they discuss them and talk about them. The one that's really got on my skin right now is called Thinking Critical. Uh, it's just like, it's what if Comicsgate didn't have the successful grift? It's like it's like all the all the attitude and bad opinions, but also just trying to masquerade as something that is above that. And like, no, I'm just I'm just middle of the road. I'm not talking politics. But then every every video thumbnail I see and every topic is like just these like I'm, I'm looking like now garbage. and it's like you know oh, it's super the, transparent. The, it's not the new secret. yeah canceled uh, big big red letters canceled, and then the picture of the the new Wonder Woman the uh, Amazonian wonder what's her name uh, flores i can't remember and then uh, failed yeah, and then a picture of you know the bisexual superman and then magdalene visaggio is that her name i think that's right what is, what does she have to do with john kent something else that you know would next oh, to, okay. all, all of these are <laughs> yeah canceled by canceled and disney is dying yeah this is pretty dire stuff they're not that popular. Pretty pathetic. So I don't, I don't spend a lot of time on that, but I do just like, I feel like there's a lot of the YouTube audience that di they just don't have anyone there telling them that this stuff is actually hostile and trash and sure. you can expect a better class of commentary mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and just like conversation from other, from other areas. And it's like, you know, that's what the algorithm shoves you and you like the comics and probably some of the opinions are funny and entertaining. You know, and it's just like, I don't know. So I'm just, I'm a little more interested this year and just being like, yeah, like I'll call some of these things by name. Like they're, Hell yeah. they do not deserve attention and, uh, and they get it because they're playing the YouTube game, that's which is something that I'm absolutely not willing to do, it's you know, a, it's which such is a boring, it's such a boring aspect to be like, to try to talk about like proving your critical opinions, correct or incorrect by presenting sales data, <laughs> right? Like. Oh, yeah, they made right. Jonathan Kent bisexual. Well, look how well this comic sold. It's like, who cares? Like, the comic's good or not? Like, that doesn't affect you. Like, who cares how DC's doing? Like, it's such a strange, uh, you know, like, uh, kind of a, what's the word? Stand-in argument for your own well, argument. Well, there's this weird intersection between sort of, like, bigoted, you know, attitudes or just fearful, like, just fear of, of everything new and different and diverse and capitalism like there's like this weird intersection that i've never quite parsed out but you see it all the time where it's like well disney is pushing in a very limited capacity right because let's not give disney too much credit here mm -hmm, for these yeah. progressive heroes right but just this very limited capacity of diversity and then it's like oh and monetarily they have suffered for this mm -hmm. right it's trying to equate yeah you know i guess it's i guess the lame catchphrase is get woke go broke but it's like that intersection is so irrelevant to me uh, yeah <laughs> it has nothing to it's, do with that's why it's so hard to argue against because it's like this isn't this isn't in any way a thing that i care about well why like, would why would it why would, why would anyone be like their sales i only really like the only the things that i want to love are things that are financially successful is like what that boils yeah, down right. to and that, that's weird like and also of course like radical art which <laughs> disney does not make radical art but like Stuff that Radical is, Disney. Stuff that is boundary pushing. <clears throat> I mean, the, the, almost by its nature, the stuff that's going to be massively <laughs> successful is the stuff that speaks to the like lowest common denominator. 
Well, and that's yeah, exactly. It's like when I was in high school, it was very well understood that like Nickelback was not cool, <laughs> right? Yeah, like it were... was very well understood yeah, sure, yeah. that they were fourth derivative grunge, and that they were not producing high quality rock of artistic merit. That said, they were clearly financially successful. They were one of the biggest rock bands in the world. So if there had been kids walking around being like, you know, say what you want, but they're making money, like what a weird attitude. <laughs> it would have been like, that's not the point, dog. And gonna... for some reason, like all these like 20-something, you know, losers, they, they forget that or they never knew it. They never understood it I'm gonna, because they don't I'm gonna... actually have a lot of like, interest in the art in the first place. I'm going to internalize this and start... Uh projecting the idea that me being uh, uh, in love with like with Daniel Kibblesmith's New Warriors comic that never came out but would have com- <laughs> would have completely failed uh, actually makes me like punk That's rock the saddest counter- it's cu- counterculture would have punk been. rock yeah <laughs> you know what's you know what's wild about that too is like but for the characters that were so bad in their oh, yeah. design and mm-hmm. announcement that literally it was the that's the only thing the American comics community has ever agreed on <laughs> that that was bad and should not be published. Yeah. The only thing that you could get both sides to agree on was like, no, this is wrong. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. what's funny, what's ironic and kind of sucks about that is Daniel Kibblesmith would have written a really good new New Warriors. Like, I have no doubt that this that this individual was very capable of writing a solid him, series. But, but yeah. it just, I've never seen a launch that unanimously reviled. I don't think it, well, it like that. the new Velma show is having a very similar reaction. Does that have both both sides or like? Oh like yeah, because it's like reasons. Have you seen anything about this? It's like Scooby Doo characters in high school, but without yeah. Scooby Doo. But it's like it, it's just so pandering. It's incredibly pandering to you know like the woke left, like woke kids. Because it's you know, what if Velma was caramel and queer? <laughs> And, like, it has, you know, it's swears and it has nudity, but it also is very woke and there's lots of, like, trans and gay representation, but it's all extremely, like, facile uh, and just really embarrassing. It just feels very, like... To the point that those communities are even, like... Yeah, both, both like... (laughs) Generally. Well, the you know, it's the same thing with New Warriors, where the right wing is, you know, saying, like... This is why HBO is failing <laughs> because of this show, and uh-huh, you know, pe- yeah. generally people on the left are like, "This is this is just embarrassing. This is not. It's just bad, yeah. right?" And you have more of a qualitative. We're being. It also just looks bad and embarrassing, which is probably more the point than it being woke. Like, yeah, yeah, they they could. Um, I'm, I'm I've, avo- I've avoided all like... Velma conversation. I have to say, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it. That's I've, I've not gotten good vibes. No. I think people are actually watching it though. I think it's actually done okay uh weirdly enough so we'll see um dave let's let's move on here i have another question here put yourself back in 2012 when did you start cbh Uh, i usually say 2011 2011 all right put yourself back in 2011 dave you there (laughs) i didn't leave the interview no 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 i mean are you in 2011 oh oh did i get back to the decade okay okay i'm gone yeah, okay. And you're listening to my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. It's still, like, one of the most exciting <laughs> albums yeah. of all time. Uh-huh. And you can just enjoy it without uh, any guilt. What did you want CBH to be when you started, both financially and creatively? Uh, and these mm. things are obviously mixed, but uh, I'm curious what your vision for it was. Okay. Uh, well, financially, I had really no aspirations and no plan when I started. Um, that, pr- 
probably didn't develop until maybe a couple years down the road. And then I was like, oh, I could figure out some ads and some, and then I got heavy into it, heavy into it. Now it's all I care about is <laughs> 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 the money, obviously. Um, creatively though, I mean, yeah, I, I pretty genuinely just wanted it to be a comprehensive reading order of the Marvel universe because that was the journey that I was really enjoying. So it was really just a reflection of as I try to catch up and get into all these things and try to consume basically everything, because now that's almost doable with Marvel Unlimited at the time, you know, I just want to reflect that and make it available and uh, and have it be useful to people. So I don't know, my friend <laughs> might sound hokey, but it was it was pretty genuine like reflection of like at least the reading order side of things was a pretty genuine reflection of just like, well, I'm doing this and I bet a lot of other people would find it useful because when I when I look for it, it's kind of hard to find that stuff. Um, nobody else has quite done it. Uh, and then, you know, the other side of it was I want somewhere that I can write about things and and exercise those creative muscles and have an occasional audience. So uh, I guess that was where like like the finance part of it was almost more driven just by like, yeah, I'd like to be able to publish my things and have some audience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't the numbers themselves didn't mean anything to me at that point, but it was like, how can I do that? You know, because I wasn't I wasn't going to get a job with Vulture or something out of college. Like I didn't know how to tap into real published spaces. So it was sort of just like, well, how can I just do it myself and and find people? I mean, that was probably the driving motivation. You feel like that's been realized? Like your initial pitch? I mean, um, seems to me like it has. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I think the, I mean, it never, I think the one th- limitation of it was the reading order stuff got so big. Mm-hmm. And and became such a focus in ways that are good in terms of like traffic and the site doing well and whatever metrics you care about. Um, that has overshadowed probably the original aim, which was like I want to write about stuff and be recognized for that. Like I think there's probably a lot of folks who like like I don't like within and I don't really care about this, but like within the comics critical community, I mean it's probably only within the last couple of years that there's any recognition that like CBH publishes quality material that is worth reading. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't get that perception. So probably overshadowed things, but I mean, that was, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily do it differently. I have a, this, this is a tough one coming up. Who's your favorite, my Marvelous Year co-host? <laughs> uh, oh, and before you, before you answer, I just want to point out uh, who showed up today. So just to remind you. <laughs> who's here today yeah. and who will actually hear this. Uh, no, I did. I, so I shared this with the Slack community. Um, but I'll say it here. I do really appreciate both of you, but also just like you both have really great senses of humor. You're fun to talk to. Um, and you make, you make these conversations like, like one of the best parts of my week. Um, thank you. So I really appreciate that. I mean, definitely like if you had told me, I, I'm surprised you're still here, Zach, (laughs) and I've said this before, (laughs) but like most folks who reach out with ideas, uh, Or like, hey, I want to write this column for CB. Like, they fade away. It just happens. Mm-hmm. People get tired of things. Um, if it ever gets off the ground at all, you know? Uh, so the fact that you're, like, committed at this, like, this deep in, like, here, like we're going to do this. We're going to finish the Marvel Comics universe, you know, up to whatever present point we decide to stop. Like, and I would never have predicted that that would actually happen, honestly. Um and I've said this before, but you know, so I really appreciate that um, yeah, about you. Like it just, it, and, and I would not have, 
I would not have at the time. Like I again, like I would not have launched it at the time without you being like, "Hey, we should do this." Um, mm-hmm. You know, for a variety of reasons, but uh, but it's definitely the best show that I do and have done, and obviously we found an audience and stuff. So yeah, I appreciate that. The so this this is a little bit of an aside, but my um my current job I got at my institute. Uh, I actually got like poached from one department to the next. And it was like a really nice like career change and it was a promotion. And the woman who was leaving my current job like had spotted me and like recruited me for this job on her way out and like recommended me and basically just got me the job Um, based on extremely little. Like she just we had worked together briefly about the kind of an overlapping project. And she was like this guy. I think he's going to he's the one to take over my job. He's going to do really well in this. And like, and I kept being really flattered, like, okay, yeah, that's really exciting. Thank you. And I'm excited to take this job. But like, I never said it, but I was like, but based on what? You don't know. You have no idea if you're going to be good at <laughs> yeah. this. And it, I am good at it. And like, it turns out, like, it's a job that I, I do excel at. But I was like, what was she basing that on? It's really not much. Like, we interfaced uh-huh. for 25 minutes professionally. <laughs> and she was like, he could take over this whole thing. Um, yeah. I feel the same way about you uh, reading my email for my marvelous year and being like, yeah, I'll start a podcast with this guy. Cause like, <laughs> I just feel like you must get cold call, you know, emails about stuff all the time. And I'm just surprised that you responded, let alone that we, you know, actually started this whole thing up. Uh, yeah. Th- I mean, I no, was... I mean, there are definitely plenty of podcasts that I did not launch, <laughs> you know? Um, Cause I read the email. I went back and I was like, did I, was I really that convincing? Was I like, I mean, I just, think, I think you caught me at a time where I wanted to do it. Yeah. I like, I wanted to do it anyway. And so it didn't take probably as much pushing because I wanted to do it. I just didn't have anybody to do it with mm-hmm. who I thought would be good at it and would be committed. Um, yeah. and then we did do a couple trial runs. We did. We specifically did DC's identity crisis as like a trial Podcast, which I would like, not say com- was good. But no, I think was... that's a. I think that's a really good one to read because you know, like, I think it's a tricky comic to talk about without. Yeah. You know, so I, I think like that could at least it could be a revealing comic to discuss, <laughs> right? Like, yes, I think, I think and that there's... felt like the conversation I came away with and was like, okay, that worked. I didn't think the podcast episode was like great, but that was as much me as you like i didn't i didn't figure oh out for sure but thoughts. like and but especially on that one which like, is tricky to begin with oh people are trying to cancel this book just because it's got a little sexual assault what's the big deal you know like i think that's a right good way yeah, of yeah you didn't finding out that i'm not like wasn't a creep but Super still weird. I'm, I'm still surprised by that but actually i think the one that the one that made me continue with it was when we did the golden age the more oh, okay age stuff. sure yeah yeah and it was like oh, okay like this is what the show is going to be this is fun yeah, and it's you morphed all and it's evolved. And you have plenty of things to yeah, say. Yeah. You know. Um, I wrote notes then. I did homework. <laughs> we had, we had, we both of us had notepads full yeah, of yeah. notes on those Silver Age comics. I haven't written a note in a decade. <laughs> no, Very rarely for me now. Years. I wrote some for the last but, uh, Spider-Man comic, but. Uh, I jot things down as we go, typically now, um, mm. as thoughts I, come back to me and you guys say things. I write lots of notes for extra issues now because uh, I read those comics over the course of a month, not like the day before we record. So Yeah, right. And, oh, uh, yeah, and, I did that for Miracle Man too, actually. Yeah, and that, that's a little bit more of a deep dive. So I, I do write like extensive notes on that. But yeah, Dave. Uh, what is too? I mean, you just get a certain amount of reps. Yeah. Podcasting. Oh, sure. And there's yeah, just yeah. a comfort level where you're yeah. like, all right, I know where this is going. Yeah, I agreed. Um, 
Dave, what are you drinking today? That's my next question. So, Zach, I have some cold brew that I made. Oh. And it is full of coffee grounds. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. All right, cancel. cancel. <laughs> Sorry, for Sigmatic, but we're not. But no, no, no. I was going to transition. I was going to say, did you make yourself a nice cup of Four Sigmatic? Because I wish that I had. No, not today. Oh, because uh, I bought some. Uh, I actually bought a bunch of different types of Four Sigmatic. I've been drinking that probiotic mix one. It's pretty good. Um, How does that work? Have you been sit? Have you been feeling good with the probiotic since? Yeah, yeah, sure. I I, I don't know if I've noticed like uh, many changes in my digestion, but uh, I did some <laughs> research on the actual like probiotics, and they're all like very legit. Um, but I got some of the cold brew uh, blend too, but I haven't made that yet. Um, but yeah, I've tried. Three did you uh, varieties? They're all really good. That's good. Did you, you know what I actually liked about Four Sigmatic was um. So I mean, I like coffee. Fine, we've talked about that, right? Like the the coffee's nice made out of mushrooms i thought it was it, it it was i was like oh is this not gonna give me the kick of coffee is this gonna be weird and actually i had none of those problems it was just really good coffee so i dug it for that reason um but they also shared a few packets of like like instant coffee and stuff mm-hmm. like that um yeah. oh, which, you know what i actually yeah. i really appreciate those now more so than i ever did because like when i go camping or like long bike rides and stuff that stuff mm-hmm. comes in really handy um so i actually really like those packets on the four sigmatic side uh of those if you are interested in this good coffee and want to support MMY, you can go to go.4sigmatic, spelled out F-O-U-R, 4sigmatic.com slash MMY, enter discount code MMY, it's MMY for My Marvelous Year, you'll get 30% off uh, of, of any subscribe and save options that you want to do about this coffee Zach's getting. I mean, it's, it's, it is it's genuinely good stuff. I, like, I'm I, I ran out of it at work, it. and I had to shift back to what I had before 4sigmatic, which is like... Fancy organic coffee uh, that I buy, like expensive stuff, and I yeah. was like, hmm, a little bit of a downgrade. Like, yeah, like, you know, I, I have major downgrades, is my because I'll buy the cheapest coffee. I don't oh, know why no, I do this I'm to a myself. snob. I'm a snob. I don't know why I do this. I love coffee. I drink it a ton. I don't know why I do it to myself, but I'll like I'll have the Four Sigmatic, and I'm like, oh, that's the stuff. And then like the next day, I'll make my garbage, and it's such a downgrade. <laughs> like it's and it's, I'm just drinking the swill. I don't know why I do it. I don't know why why I don't just have Four Sigmatic sitting here right now. It's a uh, coffee. Coffee's so cool. I think about <laughs> how good coffee is. <laughs> Uh, well, I just you sound think, like a high schooler talking about like their girlfriend. <laughs> you know, what's really cool is just uh, puffing on a Swisher Sweet and drinking a cup of Dunkin's coffee. Um, oh, baby, don't get me. God, I, I smelled. I was walking down the street the other day and someone was smoking a Swisher, and I was like, "Oh, that brings me back." Um, if Dunkin's sold Four Sigmatic, I don't think I'd ever leave. And Lucy's of clove cigarettes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the coffee so the coffee so cool because how many things I, there's just very few completely like pure pleasures, like especially when it comes to food uh, that are just like this is entirely guilt free. Especially if you don't overdo it. Like I drink a cup of coffee a day, and it's just my like, coffee. No, my no coffee matter. experience is significantly less guilt free than yours. <laughs> but I, I like the way you're describing it here. It's less guilt-free? No, that's what I'm saying. Mine is very guilt-free. It's like a purely like guilt-free pleasure, right? There's no calories to it. There's no like, oh, yeah, over time, this is going to give you, you know, gonorrhea like <laughs> or whatever. Like there's just... Which most drinks, that's a concern. Right, I yeah. Think. yeah. I, most non But I'm saying, you know, like drinks. you get alcohol, right? And like there's cancer risk. There's some calories there. There's, you know, abuse potential, right? Like food right food is calorie like coffee is just so like guilt-free for me and uh i always look forward to it it's such like a pure pleasure for me um and yeah go 
Foursigmatic.com slash MMY. Enter discount code MMY and experience Zach's purest pleasure. <laughs> okay, well, that's a way of getting people not to buy. <laughs> All right, Dave, here's a, here's a question, a little bit of a different angle. Have you ever considered working on a comic? Yes. Um, not super intently, but yes. Um, I have some some notes and documents and some writing I've done. It's it, one of those things that like I I there's a part of me that wishes I committed more time to it, but then there's a part of me that just wants to enjoy what I have, mm-hmm. and that part is stronger. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. There's a lot of uh, generally folks who are writing about comics. There's an assumption that they probably want to be making their own comics or are in the process of doing so. I wouldn't and have thought. I don't think. I wouldn't have thought so necessarily. If you had said no, no. I wouldn't have been like surprised. <laughs> if you had just been like, no, nah, never. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's there's definitely some crossover there. Um, that's never been why I've been doing it. Um, although it's back in my mind. It's it's always interesting. Hmm. If you had all the creative freedom in the world, what would your you know what what kind of a, a project would you want to work on? Like, because I'm assuming, are you just writing? Uh, if you would write it, do you? I don't know if you have artistic talent. You don't, right? <laughs> not, uh, no, not really. <laughs> so do, do you have increasingly, like a, increasingly a adequate team? because of drawing with my sons? You know, oh, I'm actually nice. flexing those muscles. I mean, some people make no. do with that. Uh, Tiffany Tiffany Babb gets a lot of run out of her. Um, she writes these tiny little like quotidian, uh, like slice yeah. of life comics, and yeah. you know they're just cute little sketches, but they get the the point across. I'm always encouraged by cartoonists who are like. You know, they they figure out storytelling, mm-hmm. but they don't. They aren't necessarily like, trying to um, be. You know, like the you know Jack Kirby or whatever. Oh my god, the uh, she writes comedy comics. Uh, the Alley, a little more something. Um, god, I'm something? so I'm so close. Hyperbole and a half. Thank you. Yeah, god. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Who who yeah. like mostly MS Paint doesn't really have any particular skill, but those comics are great. Um. Yeah. Anyway, um, if I had all so, the creative freedom in the world and uh, a dream and team, like, like of no other concerns, I mean, yeah. I probably would try to write my own things. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you have someone? Probably, I would commit ever, to that and just try it out. You ever think about uh, who you'd want writing or drawing your comic? Well, I'd want someone writing and drawing my comic. I think I would need. <laughs> I would need definitely help on both fronts. Um. Uh. Yeah, I think about it occasionally. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you, I mean, but specifically, I'm asking, like, do you have an artist that you would you would be like, God, it would be so cool if they drew my comic? Um, not it, anyone who I could name here, no. Okay. Okay. Um, Dave, I spoke to a high school classmate of yours, and they told me, they said this, <laughs> quote, comic book herald? I always knew that guy was a nerd. Now, if this is true, mm-hmm. you do know that I have my finger on the delete button for all of Comic Book Herald, which includes my Marvelous Year. So if anyone from my past learns that I have this website, I will push this button. Okay, thank you. It will all be deleted. <laughs> I didn't really ask a question there. I just wanted you to know that. Um, but uh, I'm glad you, <laughs> you have a response ready. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the site's been deleted now. Uh, this podcast will not have nowhere to go. Um, that said, wasn't a giant secret? Uh, but in high school, I was not... I mean, I was nerdy, but I was not a comics fan. Yeah. So anyone claiming otherwise is full of lies. I was a video game nerd in high school. I, I wasn't reading comics at all, uh, really, in high school. A little bit after high school, but 
uh, it was all video yeah, yeah. games for me. Guitar Hero, Final Fantasy, uh, you know. God, okay. here's, here's a memory that just came flashing back to me because I was thinking about Final I remember during a free period, and this is 2004, so before smartphones, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so obsessed with Final Fantasy VII that I found on GameFAQs a, like, 35-page printout of, like, a, a summary yeah, of the yeah. story and, like, lore and, like, explainer of it and printed the entire thing and brought it to school and it was just my backpack to pull out during like free periods and just like peruse the you know the database of final fantasy 7 yeah more god um all right next question i was definitely much cooler than that um (laughs) (laughs) i was an athlete and uh yeah i was an athlete too dave i played basketball what did you play in high school you played basketball in high school yeah i'm six foot two of course i played basketball. i didn't know that about you yeah 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 yeah, I'm pretty. I, I, I'm honestly, pretty I don't have a good sense of your coordination. I am. At all. I'm, a, I'm a pretty competent shot. I am pretty <laughs> bad ball handler. Um, yeah. Okay. Pretty, pretty inadequate ball handler. So, so I, I was very much like post up by the. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Be six, be it, six foot two, right by the uh, the net, and uh, you know, pivot and shoot. Well, now I feel like we should be entering some three on three leagues. Ooh, with because Charlotte, you and me. if you're tall and competent, mm-hmm. and Charlotte, you have to expect is just like a whirling dervish, <laughs> right? Don't you think Charlotte is just like like a maniac on the court? Mm-hmm. All elbows, all elbow, like so many fouls. But in three on three, like you can't call all those. Um, and what I have are you, one of the sweetest jumpers in the history of the girl? game. No, yeah, that would be embarrassing. <laughs> right? Yeah, like you can't do. Yeah, so we'll just be super gendered and, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. and use that to our benefit. Um, I feel like we could do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Now I'm going to start describing MMY as the best three on three team in all of podcast. <laughs> um, all right, exciting. I have, a, I have a next question for you. This is a big one. So put on your your thinking cap. Put on your mm-hmm. your Elon Musk cap for this one. Your Steve Jobs cap. <laughs> uh, you're fired, by the way, for <laughs> suggesting that I okay. do that. Uh, that was you're my put Elon in charge cap. of Marvel. You <laughs> you murder CB Sabolsky and hey uh, hey and... hey. We can't no, no. be putting that on air. I don't okay. listen. I'm already a suspect. <laughs> we cannot be talking about it that openly. I did, this wasn't anything specific about CB Sabolsky. Just happens to be the per- you have to murder whoever's at top and take their job. Mm-hmm. Um, fine. All right. You uh. Put him on a raft out to sea, <laughs> uh, and he uh, and you become the editor in chief of Marvel. He is put on a raft out to sea. Oh, not, right. I don't, yes. I don't want to define who did it. Okay. I'm not saying I just bought a raft. Okay. I'm definitely not saying that I'm googling most open seas. <laughs> okay, that's not in my search history. Wait, whatever you do We're to see uh is going to happen to Marie Javins next. So. Let's, you know, it, it's not specific. I like to, Marie, though. Well, sorry, but you have to murder or uh, shipwreck her also. Someone will be shipwrecking her, I understand. All right, so what uh, what would you do uh, to right Marvel's ship if you were in charge of Marvel? Well, I don't think the ship is that askew. Sure, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, they're doing okay. They're doing okay, okay. Um, I guess that, yeah, that's an assumption. <laughs> I okay, into it. Biggest, biggest Marvel opportunities right now, mm-hmm. uh, all ages, kids' comics, just leaning so much more heavily into that. I just shared this, but so there's a Moon Girl and Devil Dino show coming this week. My kids, who are all five and under, are gonna flip and lose their minds when that puppy drops. There are no, count them, no kids comics that they can read. There are no books 
<laughs> with Moon Girl and Devil, aside from, you know, the comic run that was published 2015 to 2019, which I can read to them, but it's not written for kids. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely not written for kids that young. Like, best case, you know, maybe if you're in sixth grade, you could probably read those. You know, Lunella's kind of your age, maybe maybe a little bit younger, a little aspirational, slightly older character. But, like, so that's that's opportunity number one, which they're kind of tapping into with some of these deals with Scholastic and whatnot. You know, and then it's like, you know, the Miss Marvel book from Scholastic sells like hotcakes and the Miles book sold really well. It's like, of course they did. Flippin' of course they did. And that's the thing that, that Marvel, I don't know if they're realizing this or they're going to realize this, but like Miles, Miss Marvel, Moon Girl, Devil Dinosaur, Spidey, Forever, and Ghost Spider. Like these characters are going to be their five biggest characters in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because these kids are growing up with with those is the most fun and they have the animated series like these are going to be their biggest characters by far and i guess one thing that maybe you'd want to start figuring out is like okay so what does that tell us about like x-men for example (laughs) right like if we want kids to grow up caring about x-men where are they going to get in you know is this 97 animated series which is all about nostalgia for people who grew up in the 90s going to do 40 year olds yeah i don't know It, it doesn't seem like it's that kind of show you know, um, so I feel like that would be those would be the questions I'd be looking at most intently. And basically, I would just be if I had that job, I would just be making comics for my children specifically mm, um, okay. to encourage lifelong fandom. But I, I actually feel like that is your it's it's short term gain because those books are going to sell like crazy. And it's long term gain because you're gaining lifelong readers. I think Marvel has considered like like the Moon Girl and Devil series that ran from 15 to 19. That's just like a part of the Marvel Universe. You know, that's not. A separate all ages thing. It's just a part of Marvel continuity. Like it crosses over with War of the Realms at one point. You know? And like <laughs> really? the events that are going on. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, on one hand, it's like I kinda like the idea. Like in theory, you can kind of see yourself talking yourself into that, you know? Mm-hmm. And like Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, kind of the same thing. Where it's like it's all of one thing. But those audiences are so different, you know? Mm-hmm. Like those those audiences are not the same people. Yeah. Um, and I, f- I don't know, I guess it's, it's an argument and it's a debate, but I kind of feel like if you want to do that, great, but you should also be segmenting those books specifically for those younger audiences, because, you know, again, it's like how many kids are going to watch this cartoon, walk into a comic shop and go find a moon girl and devil dino comic to read. That's yeah. not a behavior that people pick up until later. I've been seeing they, they it seems like they have a lot of like kids and f- cutesy family ish comics. But they're all infinite comics on Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> and I'm like, that that requires buy-in that, like, a child would already have a Marvel Unlimited subscription? That's Well, I mean, it's it's the, you know, I mean, I just read, I just read those Moon Girl and Devil Infinity comics with my kids. Yeah. So it's it's a parent who is aware of that, I guess right, and the, can read them with the kids. I mean, I, I do appreciate those being there. Yeah, um, they're, they're cute. Like, some of them are good. You know, the, the Jeffy the Shark ones are very popular. But, like. Jeffy? Yeah. Jeffy, isn't that? It's just, I think it's just Jeff. Is it? Je- oh, I thought it was Jeffy the Shark. I haven't read him. Hefe the Shark. <laughs> I, I said Jeffy, but Hefe yeah, okay. works too. Um, or you know, Wolverine family. All these like kind of cutesy squirrel girl looking, yeah, uh, yeah, style. Which yeah, I just you know, D- DC. So do you think DC does that? The kids stuff. I know they have all their like all ages graphic novels, but those all seem shoot like they're shooting for, you know the sixth to eighth grade demographic right? it's the, it's middle grade um yeah right for sure uh but i mean they're doing that really well which i mean you know I, pe- if you 
if it's ostensibly for eighth grade, let's say, you're also going to have a ton of fifth graders who love reading that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that covers a good ground. I mean, they've definitely published way more of those than Marvel. I, I don't know how fantastic that stuff does for them, but they they have way more options when it comes to, you know, probably late elementary school, junior high. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that side of things are doing way better than Marvel. Uh, the other Marvel thing I would do is if I actually had control, you know, um, and didn't really desperately need the job. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I would reduce the amount of comics they published by, you know, probably 75%. Oh God. Yeah, of course. I mean, making the Marvel universe readable, right? Making it so you could be like, yeah, I'm going to read, you know, that'd be my third thing would be the Marvel universe digest. The 16 issues a month and you're reading everything happening in Marvel. That'd be so sick. Yeah. <laughs> right. How excited were people when they were like, when X-Men started up and Hawks Pox, you know, not X-Men started, but the, the age of X started and people were like, yeah, I can just read everything happening in X-Men. And the re- when I, I was doing that, I was getting, I was pulling every issue, every uh, I mean, yes and no, because you do, as it builds, people are like, this is too much. Well, that was exactly the issue. It wasn't, it wasn't that it was too many series. It was that it just became sprawling with like miniseries and one-offs and events and stuff. And that's when I started to lose interest. But like... Yeah, very. I think that Marvel Unlimited or the um, ultimate Marvel mode of being able to be like, yeah, you can read the entire thing is a yeah. is a very appealing prospect. But yeah, um, if you, I I have an answer to this. Uh, which, but this is this is not based on any business decision. This isn't like Marvel needs to fix this. Which your your answer is much more interesting because it actually is plugged into what Marvel is doing. But like, I would love to to see Marvel do replicate DC's vertigo black label young animal yes stuff the the one uh, the maxi series the graphic novels the like side pocket universe stuff the out of canon stuff like dc just does that's where like so much of the really exciting dc stuff comes from every year and the accessible stuff the stuff where people can just jump in and be like yeah i'm not reading batman but i read like three batman series last year because they're putting out like really exciting batman stuff I think it's it's, it's really so strange weird. that they haven't tapped into that. Like it's so strange, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very odd to me. Um, okay, I have the same question, but uh, with Javins and DC, um, and you do have to you do have to murder her this time. Sorry, it seems... <laughs> stop it. So I hope this isn't stop like I, this. This isn't me goofing around with you know. I I'm assuming these people don't actually receive like threats to their life <laughs> or anything. If this is which is probably a false assumption. Uh, yeah, maybe. If I'm mirroring any kind of actual like nasty, I'm just being. Goofy, you think? But... Uh, you think the the woman editor? Yeah, I, I didn't really isn't get threats. Through. Like, yeah. This I mean, is like um. Be real. Well, about watch that. out for fireballs. Back in like the the video game podcast I listened to, they were talking about a Metroid game that they really hated, and this was like twelve years ago, something when they started, and they started out with a sketch. Was it them. Prime? Because it was too spooky. <laughs> no, it was a. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, Fusion, which is kind of a stinker, I think. Um, okay. But they, they always used to do sketches, and they started one sketch with them going back in time and murdering the, the whole dev team so that the game wouldn't be released. And that, that like, aged with milk, like milk because of the increasingly vitriolic, like, response to devs and how, like, devs yeah. get harassed over stuff, uh, yeah. which really wasn't the case at the time. So I, I, I don't want to take on that tone, but I'm just goofing. Uh even even with the old CB, like a monster. Just <laughs> even with old CB, like... promise we won't. I promise that Dave Busing won't kill you <laughs> if you're listening. 
Thank you for throwing my full name into that <laughs> sentence. Um, so, okay. So for DC, I do think they're way harder um, because the Black Label stuff is super interesting. It's going to sell. That, that was clearly kind of the right approach for them. I think, you know, that's kind of the DC brand. Like that fits really well. You get a lot of, you get all the best stuff published right there. Um, For their actual ongoing continuity, it just increasingly feels like they wish they didn't have it. Like it increasingly feels like they just wish they didn't have to bother (laughs) with like an ongoing shared universe. They have, so Riddish has been writing the series on CBH about the various crisis, the history of crisis at DC. He's the one who's keeping track of everything happening. Of every crisis. (laughs) And it was like, as you get towards the end of this series, it's like they're oh they're having a crisis every year because oh, it, it yeah. felt like that yeah, yeah. and then you're reading it and it's like no they're literally doing that they're doing a crisis every year and they're resetting oh we have a multiverse so we don't have a multiverse so we have this many multiverses and it's just like who cares anymore who cares yeah. you know it's just it's it's desperate and it's needy and it's all quite poor <laughs> is the other thing uh, so I you know what I, I mean honestly I think the same. The same general thinking applies, which is like, make it all consumable, shut it down, and like, like I would, hmm, I would almost just Ultimate Universe, DC, which then for them is just a new Fifty Two again, but with the full, but with the full breadth of their history, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, and just be like, all right, here's Action Comics number one thousand and fifty, you know, and we're gonna publish six comics, and you can read all of them. And get the full DC universe, uh, as opposed to like trying to keep up with Marvel, but just always being in second. Because I don't know, it's just it's kind of hard to. I, I know there's sales ramifications and all that stuff, but it is just kind of hard to imagine. Like, like their ongoing continuity is just a muddle, and the ideas they have are not salvaging it. They're just it's it's actually it's a lot like their movies. Yeah, where from Justice League until this James Gunn announcement, we'll see if this actually bears fruit. You know, it was just like, they're just kind of like, well, we're stuck, but we don't actually want to shut everything down and start over, you know? So we're just going to kind of be middle of the road. Some things count, some things maybe count, you know, some things definitely don't count, like Joker, you know, as far as what's connected. But it's like, the best thing they could have done after Justice League is like, it was a tailor-made opportunity to just be like, okay, actually, we need to shut it down and start again, you know? Um, and I kind of feel like that's where DC comic, if they, if they even want to bother with ongoing continuity, cause you could make an argument that it's like, well, just, just only do black label. Uh, but that would bum me out because of the history. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the franchise, I don't think you actually like as a comics publisher, like that's a bummer. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I have no idea. I mean, I don't like, I think it's DC feels extremely impenetrable (laughs) especially now like even compared to you know new 52 era you know after the new 52 it was like all right wait you can kind of jump into stuff but like jumping into series now like especially anything tied into like a larger universe thing anytime because once in a while on dc universe infinite ultra (laughs) yeah um you know i'll be like oh okay they got a new event rolling let me check out issue one. And then I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea what's happening here. This is yeah. way too much. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I mean, that's I not... haven't touched. I haven't touched Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. Like I have. Yeah. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in the creative team. And there was a point in time where that would have been unfathomable to me that I wouldn't have even wanted to check. <laughs> I mean, they <laughs> do. Know? They do events that are not, you know, more like, 
universe-shaking crisis stuff. You know, the DC versus vampires has been a big hit for that's them. That's a fun little. That's a fun miniseries, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That, that was a big hit, but um, they're still publishing good comics. Like, oh yeah, I mean, like, about the, that. but the stuff that I like gravitate to towards now is the black label stuff or like series that feel like they're off in their own corner. Even Batman, Batman's, you know. Just kind of I haven't read thing. a page of a Chip Zdarsky Batman. I've heard attack. it's great. So you know, I like Chip Zdarsky a lot. I know. Yeah, the thought of him things. on Batman should excite me, and I haven't touched it. And only... I was kind of wrestling with that this week. I'm like, why haven't I even looked at this? And I'm just not interested. The only reason I haven't uh, I haven't looked at it is because I feel like I need to catch up on the. <laughs> I have to finish the Tom King run and then read James Tynan. Um, you you won't have to have read tom king i think to, unless you just want to right personally I, i've but. read like half of it and i like kind of liked it and then i kind of didn't and but the, the halfway James... point is the perfect jumping off point yeah yeah the the war of jokers there's actually you know what there's actually some really nice issues between 50 and 60 there's like a trial of mr freeze or penguin or mm-hmm. something in there i think it's mr freeze Th- those are pretty good yeah but i gotta read the james tyne and stuff because uh, i you know i love his work uh, I and love i love Tynan's his joker as well actually and i loved it yeah right and i love detective comics his detective comics run i love it. anyway yeah um all right i got a couple more questions before we can wrap up two more holy moly this is a long interview yeah dave are you happy with where cbh is now or are you itching for the next step uh oh okay so this is where this is going is you're offering me something new to jump mm-hmm. to i'll take yeah. it I, I will happily leave. <laughs> i'm looking for angel investors in my yeah. new uh venture uh, uh it is yeah an i mean i guess my honest answer <laughs> i guess my honest answer with cbh this year is like last year kind of ended on a sour note performance wise not like the worst but just kind of sour and the start of this year just economically across the board is really tough um so i'm a little i'm a little less like super excited i guess about it you know because like generally like over the course of the last decade has just been up, 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 um, pretty much without fail. And then this last year was kind of like, okay, here's normal business stuff and actual downturns, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, not horrible by any measure, but just kind of like, oh, okay, do I actually want to keep investing in it? So I don't know. It's important to me that it does well. I'm def- I'm less, it, it is one of those things I actually realized this past week. It was like, I realized I didn't have a Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur reading order. And it was the first time in probably three years where I like got excited and I wanted to make one. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. And that used to happen all the time. So definitely just there's a there's just an aging out of it part of it that has happened and is happening mm-hmm. um, where I'm just less I just have less energy for it. I was thinking, too, like with the YouTube stuff, you know, like all these posts that do really well on CVH, like if I just made videos about them, they probably do pretty well. And I was thinking, like, I, I would, if I gotten into YouTube when I was like, you know, in 2014, I would have like a really big channel <laughs> like probably really yeah. big because mm-hmm. um, I would have made all this stuff and I would have had the energy for it and I would have been super excited about it and I just don't have that right now but then I'm also really happy that I didn't have that because the things I would have said on air in 2014 could have gotten me in trouble and I would have I did not have I was not as mature and had not developed nearly as many thoughts and the woke mob would at this have point for you yeah I when I'm still saying. yeah 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 when I'm still just a <laughs> renegade on the mic <laughs> Even today, <laughs> yeah, right. I think we can all agree. Um, but like you know, it is. It's one of those things where it's like eh, blessing in disguise. Sure. Blessing in disguise, maybe. Yeah. Like I don't think. I think there would be things that I was embarrassed by, and I don't know how. Like I don't think they would have been real bad. I wouldn't have been like secretly, you know, some monster person. But I would not have had fully developed thoughts on a lot of things, which I still mm-hmm. don't. Um, but oh, you know, because yeah. even no, my writing in the early days of CBH, there's nothing scandalous. I've never had to go back and delete anything. 
you know, because I'm like, yeah. oh, I wrote this offensive tirade or something. Like, none of that exists <laughs> as far as I know, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But there are, there are definitely opinions that, like, because somebody left a comment, this is a while ago, somebody left a comment on a review of Wonder Woman that I wrote in 2013. And they were like, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. And I went back and read it, and I was like, you were right in, in 2013. Like, I no longer agree with all these things that I wrote <laughs> yeah. about yeah. this character. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, so just your opinions progress. And I think there's a thing that happens with comic fans, especially, like, in your early 20s, especially if you're, like, online and trying to, like, keep up and make a presence for yourself. Is like you you copy a lot of what you see and emulate a lot of opinions, mm-hmm. you know? And you can definitely become, and it depends on the person, but it's like you can definitely become sort of a, you know, a shapeshifter just to sort of mirror what you think a consensus might be. Oh, you know? for sure. I see, yeah. I yeah, see yeah, this yeah. all the time with like, actually like like much bigger YouTubers than I, but who are younger, where they're like, oh, 90s comics, <laughs> you know, or like these references where it's like, well, you don't actually know what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, oh, sins past. What a bad comic. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of like. Just I've mindless, and idiotic mimicry of wait, 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 stop heard. it! Nope, I agreed on accident. Nope, I don't. I didn't mean to agree. <laughs> um, but I would have been, I would have been doing a bolo to that, I think, and uh, and it probably, I don't know. It's all, it's all a way of. It didn't happen, and I'm millions of dollars poorer for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but thankfully, you never put out a bad opinion. So at least you have that to come from. Worth you. it. <laughs> okay, Dave. Last question. Uh, you brought up actually Desert Island, uh, Desert Island, uh, like what you would bring with you. Yeah. If you can bring one series with you, and it has to be a series, you know, numbered one through whatever, so you can't just say so like, like I bring I could all say of Uncanny X-Men. X-Men, for example. You could say Uncanny X-Men, and it would be like Lee through, you know, what, 1990 or whatever. Um, 1990? Oh, the, re- the reboot? Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. So you can't say like X-Men, and that includes, you know, New Mutants and all the Age of X and everything. One okay, series. Sure. What are you taking with you? One series that I can read again and again and again. So the first comic came to mind is Hellblazer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of variety which there. I, which I long, actually don't. running. Yeah. I'm not like a crazy Hellblazer stand, and that's kind of the point. Is like yeah. there's stuff there I haven't read. It's long running. It would be interesting, and probably a number of things are worth revisiting and have a little more meat on the bone. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, if you do Amazing Spider-Man, obviously you get a lot of comics, but you get a lot of garbage. Um, Amazing Spider-Man. God, that would be... You would... <laughs> I think you would get so I'll regret that so quickly, quick. probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a good question. This one this one I could use... I mean, if you do Batman mm. or Detective Oh, comics, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a thousand plus issues. Sure. You're going to get... You know, I mean, if you count the new 52 as the restart, you're still getting 1940 to 2011. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. It does restart there. So, yeah. yeah, so You yeah, probably got to count that as the restart, but yeah, that's still, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the biggest haul. So probably Detective Comics gets you the most. There'd be mm-hmm. the most meat on the bone, generally speaking. A lot of stuff that I wouldn't have read. There's a lot of stuff there that's not explore. Batman in Detective Comics. <laughs> yeah, maybe get some backups in there. Yeah, for different all kinds stuff. of like. I feel like that's a. I feel like that's a safe pick. Plastic Man, I think, is like a serious part of Detective Comics for a long time. <laughs> the, in the backups, yeah. and then Hawkman. Yeah, because it's all like yeah. about detectives, right? So you get Hawkman. You get. I mean, you get stuff. the history of of DC Comics for you know seven decades. God, it's not. Explore. Sorry, I just before because someone's immediately gonna hop into the DC channel of the Slack. It's not 
plastic man it's elongated man before <laughs> just to head that oh off. okay for the detective stuff yep that yes. makes more sense yeah, yeah. yep 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 um uh, so yeah how dare you pick. on ralph but uh but otherwise what what would you pick do you, what do you think oh easy invincible just so that uh no one could ever <laughs> no one could ever come at me uh again and be like you don't know what you're talking about you would just about. hone like, your finely word yeah arguments. well i've read this literally 1000 times <laughs> i know so it would panel. be like like a ship finally arrives and they're like, oh, the world is, is really in a state, but I, I can't believe we found another human survivor. And you'd be like, debate me about Invincible. Do you have a podcast? <laughs> I'm ready to start the podcast, the Invincible They'd be like, show. okay, what, we're actually going to leave you here. We're desperate, <laughs> desperate need of people, but we're going to leave you. I don't know. I actually, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. It's a, it's a tough one. Hellblaze is a really good pick because like, there's so much creative freedom on that. And yeah. like, they're messy and they're sprawling. And there's a lot of like individual... Like, the writers definitely use it as a way to, like, explore stuff they're interested in, right? Like, it's not You could just, also like... conceivably learn a summoning ritual that could mm-hmm. get you off the yeah, island. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good pick. But, um, oh, man, I don't know. I, I hadn't thought about it for myself. Um, boy, Hellboy doesn't have, like, a one through X, so. That's kind of, uh, no, it doesn't. If you just got the full run of Hellboy, just everything Mignola did, that's a really interesting thing. Choice. yeah I mean, yeah you, could, you yeah, can make yeah. a strong case for that um yeah i don't know i'll uh i'll try to think what the detective what it, i'm trying to think of what the <laughs> longest one i own is like the longest uninterrupted run that i've collected i guess it might be sandman it's it's definitely hellboy for me because i own everything hellboy <laughs> like literally every thing you're talking about published. you're talking about trades though no i got the well yeah i've got the omnibus the big hardcover i'm thinking of, of single issues yeah. Oh, oh, I don't have any of that. Because I'm, I'm imagining being shipped to this. Somehow I get stranded on this island, but I have 74,000 long boxes of Detective Comics yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. conveniently transported. Yeah. Um, I think Sandman's probably the longest run I own because that's like 100 issues. Here, uh, I'm going to look at the longest running comics that have never been renumbered. Number 10, Femforce. You ever heard of this? <laughs> What's Femforce? No idea. AC Comics Fem Force follows the all-female Federal Emergency Missions Force to fight stereotypical superhero villains and other I mean, you forces. would. You, yeah, that sounds pretty dope. Pulling from right, public domain archives long before League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Fem Force was created by AC Comics in 18, 1984. <laughs> 1880s. <laughs> 1984. Uh, and I guess it's still going. That's interesting. Uh, Savage Dragon, Looney Tunes, Simpsons, G.I. Joe, Knights for the Dinner of the Dinner Table. Never heard of that. Spawn, Walt Disney Comics. Oh, 2000 AD. Bam, done. That's that's it. Easy. <laughs> that's a really good pick. Yeah, that's I mean, I've really been. I, I don't know. It's kind of a cheat because it's a magazine and not anthology. a, a yeah. series. But if that if that counts, 2000 AD in a heartbeat. <laughs> I've still been reading those like from number one. Have I told you about that? Uh, you mentioned it a while ago. Yeah, off the but miracle. That's, man. I mean, that's a that's a project that I would eagerly take on. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'll never you can't do it right like if you read one a day it would still take you 10 years to catch up like mm-hmm. something like 2000 issues and it's this i much, saw but I'm having you know what that it. reminds me somebody i forget where but somebody messaged me and was like can i read every marvel comic I mean, it was on youtube mm-hmm. and somebody chimed in and they were like well doug woke in his book all the marvel says if you read five comics a day you could do it in five years i'm paraphrasing i might be off on the numbers there Mm -hmm. but whatever it was it was something that sounded like very achievable and i was like that's not right (laughs) 
was like, there's no way. If you just read five comics a day, first off, that's five comics every single day. Yeah, how many issues is are like there total? Preposterous. Like I mean, there's 30, about 40,000 now in Marvel Unlimited. Really? So yeah. I guess there's some math we could whip out here. But like five a day for five years, first off, pretend you miss no days. Good luck. Um, five a day for 10, five a day every day would take you uh, 20 years. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm like, you'd, I, you'd have to whatever the whatever the math. I, I I'm guessing that's not what Douglas said. Yeah, <laughs> whatever estimate they gave. Um, but I was like, no, it takes a long flipping time, and a ton of investment. You know what's funny? So Douglas Wolk, friend of the show, been on the Marvel Show to talk. We've talked about all the Marvels before. Um, both of both of you and I were kind of disappointed by the book. I think it's fair to say I didn't read um, it. I didn't. I didn't check. It oh, out. you didn't read it? Okay. Well, I was I was kind of disappointed. The, by the, the Slack I think, response. I think because it a captured a uh, tepid, yeah. Well, it, it captured a. A mentality that I, I'm just no longer a part of mm-hmm. um, in terms of like needing that help like yeah. I've already done it so I it's not use, it's not for me um, but uh, I was I we were talking about can uh, Tagomago the album it's really mm-hmm. really great and yeah. so I looked up on Pitchfork I was like I wonder if they've reviewed a bunch of the can stuff and uh, Douglas Woke reviewed the um, I think Tagomago gave it a 10 huh, interesting <laughs> incredibly talented is that is that his other original. like gig? Does he do music criticism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I when I watched the Beatles documentary, yeah, it was I googled something about like something about that era, and Douglas Wilk had the the whole thing on Rolling Stone. He's like hmm. a music critic as well. Ridiculous. Oh talented. yeah, he's done fifty plus reviews on Pitchfork. Yeah, yeah, interesting. That could be fifty plus. That could be five thousand. No, it's one hundred and twenty-seven. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I found it. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh, I didn't know that about him. His uh yeah, his um forum is uh fascinating. His like comic book forum. Is, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that for a while and it yeah. just fell off, but it was cool. Yeah. Alright, well Dave, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh I think our listeners really learned a lot about what makes Dave Busing tick. Um, okay, so this was so the premise for this show was I'm a guest and this is an interview of me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll tell you that I get now. It now. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, maybe we'll have you back sometime. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You can find me at comicbookherald.com. Uh, all my stuff is online at comicbookherald. I'm just guessing people could find you, maybe Charlotte, at my Marvel this year. Mm-hmm. I answered um, a tweet the other day. I logged on to Twitter for a second. And you logged on just to answer a tweet? Yeah. I, well, <laughs> you didn't actually what was see the, it. What was the important tweet that you logged on for? It, it was actually like uh, one upping. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't see it because it was also at Comic Book Herald. Someone was asking uh, where to what start for My Marvelous Year, and you were like, yeah, sometime now. <laughs> and I was like, specifically 1998 on the My Marvelous Year podcast. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah I remember this one. Um, yeah. It, yeah, actually, we're going to talk about this. Uh, someone was asking about jumping on points. So up next in the club, we're going to read 2002. We're starting mm-hmm. 2002. And uh, basically what I told them is, like, if you if you missed the Marvel Knights kickoff in 98 and you're worried about, like, on um, behind and when am I, when can I jump in again? I would say just do it now with the start of 2002 because we are going to like some stuff is brand new, like Wolverine origin. Um, we're going to start the Bendis and Alex Maleev run on daredevil. Like there's a lot of new runs that are starting around this time that you're kicking off with anyway, frankly. But otherwise, if you really want to wait for like a quote unquote jumping on point, I mean, 2004 Avengers disassembled, I think is the next clear one um, where you could jump in. But I would always say, Jump in, pick up some of the new runs as they're starting, and uh, you know catch up at your own pace. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, if not 98, then well, I think any of these years was pretty good. <laughs> like 
2000, 2001. Good comics, you know, yeah, just start throwing from the beginning, see if you like it. Exactly. Sure. Um, okay, cool. So music for the show is by Disaster Peach. You can support us at patreon.com slash this year, as always. Oh, when uh, we're so close to uh, in the show notes. Invincible. We're like, we've been hovering right under, uh, I think we're at 983. We're $17 away from starting the Invincible Patreon. Zach and I show. will do. And Charlotte, uh, my a God. 12 issue Charlotte Maxi- erasure. erasure. Is Charlotte invited? I don't know. We started this before. Oh, is she uh, invited? Wow. wow. <laughs> I just feel like we have to talk about this. No, she's... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I would I would love to have Charlotte on. I would love to have Charlotte on if she has time. Yeah. Do, although, I don't know. This is... I would love to have Charlotte on. I might need to bring her in as a ringer, like, on occasion. Mm-hmm. Like, I, if she wants to do every episode, great. But, like, I'm... Because here's the thing. is like, it's a 12-issue structure where I sell you on Invincible. Mm. Right? Like, I have 12 oh, attempts that's, to that's sell you... Yeah. Yeah, on yeah, why yeah. this comic rules so there might be issues or episodes where i'm like charlotte i need the full 60 <laughs> well, but <laughs> i have a presentation to give and i need the full time and what happens if charlotte reads it and she's like hey, this isn't that good so that's what i'm worried about yeah <laughs> that's what i'm worried about is what if charlotte starts oh, siding with you Young's and now i have two people old. to convince mm-hmm. yeah if the zoomers are both against the boomers <laughs> That's yep. going to be tough. That's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, Charlotte yeah. did just like casually say the other day, she's like, do you want to just start doing like another One Piece show? <laughs> uh, so we could just cover One Piece over the course of the next several years uh, that we'll just do like a very occasional episode. And I'm like, God, I don't need more podcasts. But like, yes. Because <laughs> we're trying to figure out how to fit. I'm One guessing Piece. there's a lot of One Piece content in the world. Yeah, there is, but it would just be like, fun for us like it, this, this is one where i would just enjoy it and it would be just you know kind of a personal project more than maybe, maybe that's seller. a patreon special yeah yeah exactly but one um, patreon yeah we keep thinking about how to try to slot it into extra issues which by the way please go listen uh it's a great show it's uh the five dollar a month level now on patreon. people can't listen unless they're backing us on patreon right now right yes exactly and it's gonna come out yeah. soon but yeah, yeah. yeah, and we're just like, there's no way to do it for extra issues where it doesn't take over extra issues for at least a year. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> so, it's so long. Yeah. All right, uh, that's, yeah, that's going to do anything else, Dave? No, thanks for uh, listening. N- yeah, next week oh, is uh, more X-Men. We're doing Morrison's, the second arc of the Morrison X-Men run and Wolverine Origins. Yeah, so, baby. Look forward to that, yeah. See you next year. See you next year. See you next year.